lift you up, Jesus. Mm. If our God is for us, and He is, if our God is for us, and you said He is, then who can stand against us? Man, that makes me feel like somebody. That makes me want to bow my chest out. My God, what an awesome God we serve. David said, some trust in horses, some trust in chariots, but we, we will remember the name of the Lord because that's where our power comes from. Not from horses, not from automobiles, not from our strength, but from Him. I will look to the hills from whence cometh my help. My, I feel the Holy Ghost in the house. Amen. It's good to see you out on this uh, rainy, cool night. To those of you who are joining us online, God bless you. We're glad to have you also. Appreciate you joining in with us tonight and uh, being a part of our service and our worship to the Lord. We just invite you uh, here and there, just, just become comfortable with us. If you want to lift your hand, lift your hand. If you want to shout hallelujah, shout hallelujah. Just turn your phone off and we'll be great. Amen. We'll be great. If you have your Bibles tonight, we'll be reading from the book of Luke, chapter 1. We're going to read uh, quite a familiar uh, verse or verses of Scripture. And then hopefully we're going to talk about them in a little bit different manner. Luke chapter 1, and we'll start reading with verse number 26. And in the sixth month... The angel Gabriel was sent from God into a city of Galilee named Nazareth. And he was sent to a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Everybody say, Mary was a virgin. Verse 28, And the angel of the Lord came in unto her, and he said, Hail, thou that are highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Wow. Anybody ever got a word from God like that? I hadn't got that yet. Now I've heard that still small voice, but I hadn't got that, I hadn't got that one yet. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. In other words, she's wondering, what in the world just happened to me? And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. Mm. No better feeling in the whole wide world than when you can find favor with God. 
When you get on God's side, it really doesn't matter who's against you, friend. When you get on the king's side, everything else becomes... Um, how many ever flown before in, in an airplane way up high? And you get up there and you look, and you know, I try to figure out what that is down there on the ground, and it's so far away. I can't tell what it is. That's the way it is when you get with God. Your problems, your trials, your enemies, your frustrations, they become so far away you can't remember them or tell what they are. Pray with me tonight, would you? Thank you, Lord. We're so honored to be in your house tonight, Jesus. So thankful once again to be able to feel the power and the awesomeness of the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords in which we know one day soon is going to return and take unto Him a people that have made themselves ready. We ask of you tonight to help each one of us as we cope with the call. Help us as we cope with the call. And everybody said amen. Look at your neighbor and say you got to cope with his call. You got to cope with his call. The Lord bless you. You can be seated. Praise God. God is good. Kind of unex kind of unexpected to get a call right now. Hello? Yeah. I can't talk right now. This is kind of unexpected. I'll talk to you later. They was asked about my warranty for my car. <laughs> unexpected call. That's, that's what that was. I, I wasn't expecting to get a call at this particular time in my life. At this particular time, church is going on here. I just asked everybody else to turn their phones off. And lo and behold, here... My call comes, and it's at an unexpected time. Can I begin to tell you tonight that when Mary got the call from God, I want to assure you that it was very, 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 very unexpected. She wasn't looking for the angel to come down and talk to her. She hadn't been waiting all of her life to, for the angel to come down and begin to minister to her. But can I tell you that from the day that Mary, or even before the day that Mary was consumed in the womb, God had a call on her life. And everything that happened to her up until this time when she was 15, 17 years old, when the angel called and said, Mary... You are highly favored of God. Kind of troubling when an angel, a being, something that you've never seen before, something that you've never been uh, aware of before comes and begins to speak to you. Uh, I don't know about you, but I, a bush has never talked to me. Now, I've had people behind the bush talk to me. I've never had a bush, Brother Johnson, speak to me. But I believe with all my heart, there was an old boy by the name of Moses that was on the backside of a desert taking care of his father-in-law's sheep. And from the time that he, even before he was consumed, or consumed, even before the time he was uh, conceived, thank you, Lord, God put a call on his life. 
And God knew, Moses didn't know this, but God knew, I'm going to have to take Moses through a situation or two in his life that he's not going to understand because of the call that I got on his life. Brother Shea, there's some things that you and I are going to have to go through. We're not going to understand. They're not going to look like the call. They're not going to feel like the call. But you hear me, if you're going through it, there's a reason you're going through it. And at the end of the journey, just wait for the call. I assure you, Moses' parents had no idea he had a call on his life when they end up having to make him a little old bitty basket out of the bulrushes and take him down to the river to try to save his life. They didn't know there was a call on his life. They wanted to save their baby. While I'm there, can I throw this in? God, help us to save our babies. Help us to save our babies. That mom and daddy wanted to save their baby. Now you hear me, I'm, 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 I'm going to tell you something right now, okay? God doesn't only call godly people. God doesn't just call godly people, because I'm going to tell you this. Before Pharaoh's daughter was ever born, God put a calling on her life. She had no clue. She had no idea that one day she was going to be down at the river bathing and her call that day was going to come to fruition. I'm going to, can I tell you this real quick? You don't know where you're going to be. You don't know who you're going to be talking to. You don't know what you're going to be doing when God says, it's time for me to show you what your call is. I want you to know that before it gets there, you're going to have to cope with some things. So... Pharaoh's daughter felt the call and had compassion on a Hebrew baby. And not only, that's not the only people that was involved with the call of Moses. Wasn't, wasn't it his sister that was there and, and, and told Pharaoh's daughter that, can I, you want me to go get a nurse to nurse the baby? Can I, can I, can I go do that for you? Does anybody know who the nurse was for the baby? His mama. Can anybody see the call of God? Can anybody see the hand of God that's in all this? And now years and years later, Moses done killed somebody, man. He's done, he done taken the life of, of an Egyptian. And here he is fleeing for his life on the backside of the desert. And all of a sudden... His call comes. And it's from a burning bush, a bush that won't go out. And he passes by it and it talks to him, Sister Rose. It speaks to him. And it's God. That's right, it's God. And God said, Moses, take off your shoes. Because I've got a call for you. I've got something I want to do through you. Can I tell you that I believe with everything that's in me? It took everything that Moses went through. 
including his loneliness out on the backside of the desert for God to get him where he needed him to be to work on his heart, Brother Johnson, for the call that he had for him. Can I tell you that Moses was sent to Egypt through a call of God. He was educated by the Egyptians. He was given knowledge to by the Egyptians because God said, I've got a call for you. One day you're going to go back, you're going to go into Pharaoh, and you're going to need to know these things. You're going to need to be able to talk to him and tell him what thus saith the words of the living God. So a lot of times our call comes unexpected. It's not at the right time. It's not when we feel it. The call is usually not easy. The call will require work. The call of God will be costly. The call of God usually goes against the norm. It usually goes against what's accepted. And it's a lot of times thought of as foolishness. Richard McNair writes, You cannot choose your calling. Your calling chooses you. I'm gonna, that was real good, so I'm going to say it again. You cannot choose your calling. Your calling will choose you. God created you and I for a very specific person. A purpose, thank you. Very specific purpose. He made me who I am. There's no need in me trying to be Pastor Mark. There's no need in me trying to be Pastor David. There's no need in me trying to be uh, Brother Hardy or Brother Wink. I need to be Buford Crawley Jr. That's who God made me. That's why he created me. That's what he has a plan for me. And can I tell you, there's a lot of garbage that I had to cope with to get to where I am today. But I believe God has got a calling for me. And I'm going to tell you, he's got a calling for you and you and you and you and you. Right now, it may not look like it. Do you believe Joseph thought God was calling him when he was in the pit? My goodness. Is this part of the call of God? My brothers have thrown me in a pit and I'm I'm kind of concerned that they're going to come back and kill me. God said, Joseph, you don't realize what's going on right now, but i got a call for you. And and, and as as weird as it looks, as hard as it seems, this is part of what it's going to take to get you where I need you to be. Is Is everybody with me? Do you understand what I'm trying to say here? To get to where your actual call is in with God, you've got to cope with a lot of different things that go on in your life. Some that aren't very pleasant. You don't choose your calling. Your calling chooses you. You've been blessed with special skills that are yours alone. They only belong 
to you. You're the only one that can do it. You know, as uh, in, in, in jobs, they have what's called on-the-job training. And a mentor or an instructor will advise and try to lead and guide a young protege in the correct form or forms of getting a job accomplished. And can I just be very honest with you that most of us who have ever done that before really and truly want it done our way. It might not always be the best way, but it's the way, Brother Shade, that I've found works the best for me. And so you try to teach those things. You try to instill those things into the people that are coming up after you in order to ensure that the job's going to get done. In order to ensure that everything's going to work, that somebody's not going to get hurt doing the job that needs to get done. You see, it's very dangerous if you're a, if you're a carpenter, it's very dangerous for you just to turn a protege loose with a skill saw or even with a hammer, as far as that goes, on their first day on the job if they've never driven a nail before. Because they'll look at you and say, drive a nail? I thought you hit it with a hammer. I'm being very serious. I'm dry, some, that's how far out, far-fetched. Some wouldn't have a clue what you meant when you said drive a nail. So we, we do those things to try to ensure that nobody gets hurt and that the job gets accomplished. And can I tell you that God works with us the exact same way? He brings us in contact with people that will instill in us the things that we need instilled within us. He will put us in contact with people that know how to pray if we need to learn how to pray. He'll put us in contact with men and women who aren't ashamed to lift their hands and praise and worship God if that's where He wants to call us. And can I tell you that everybody's called to pray, everybody's called to praise, and everybody's called to worship. So anytime you're in the house of the Lord and those things are going on, it's all Always in order because that's part of coping with the call. Amen. So just be you. Just be who God made you to be. I, was, I probably told this before. I was going home one evening. At, uh, I had worked to 1 o'clock in the morning at the tower in Memphis and was headed home. Uh, <clears throat> and I was going in... Uh, to Millington. I was coming from the south, of course, going into Millington. Before I ever got into Millington, 1.30, 15 to 2 o'clock in the morning, and there was something in the road. I didn't see it. I hit it, and I immediately, Brother Mark, immediately I heard pss, pss, air coming out of tires, so I knew that I was about to have a flat. So I eased on up to Walmart, pulled in the parking lot, and didn't have one flat, had two. One on the front, one on the rear of the same side. Two o'clock in the morning. My wife's normally, normally asleep by then. Especially then, had some babies at home. Not babies, but young girls. Tried to call, no answer. It was unexpected. She wasn't expecting a call from me at two o'clock in the morning. Flat tires. Anyway, I called and called and called and finally got a hold of my little wife and she came and got me. But can, can, I, can I tell you this? I said that to say this. 
things happen in our lives. We go through things in our lives, lives that prepare us for other situations. Now, I don't know what that was preparing me for. I hadn't got there yet. I hadn't, I hadn't, I hadn't that part of the call hadn't come clear yet. But, but, but that, that happened to me for a reason. Maybe there was somebody that I needed to see at Walmart that night and just, just look at them or they see me and it made them feel better. I don't know. I don't have a clue. But it doesn't matter. All I know is this, that all things that happen to us happen to us for a reason. Amen. It's very possible that there are those of, on here and online tonight that are hearing, feeling a call from God right now. It may be unexpected to you. Some of you may have had this call before and have somehow slid away and, and got away from the call and, and feel like God is calling you back. Can I just explain to you tonight? Just, just listen. Just, just listen. Just, just go after God. Allow God to speak to you. Allow God to work through you. Allow God to talk to you. You may not, He may not ask you to get up in front of somebody and, and preach, but He'll probably ask you to go to somebody and say, Hey, are you okay? Is everything in your life all right right now? It looks like you're a little bit down. Could I, could I just rest my hand on you and say a prayer over you? Hear me tonight, folks. It's part of the call of God to reach out and touch people. It is. It is. Perhaps it's unexpected. Caught you in the middle of life. Just allow God to place that beautiful spirit back within you. Open your arms to Him. Open your heart to Him. Give Jesus a chance or another chance at working in your life. I was scrolling through the computer the other day and a radio transmissions from air traffic. Why, I don't know. They grab my attention, but they do. And I saw this, I think it was on FAA retirees, and I saw this uh, transcript of a radio conversation with a small Cherokee aircraft. And I thought, I'm, I'm going to listen to that. So I pulled it up, and it was, it was the original tape that had been made this particular day. It was a small uh, single-engine Cherokee aircraft. A Cherokee aircraft is just a single-engine, low-wing. The Cessna's a high-wing. A Cherokee's a low-wing seat, maybe two or three, four people in a Cherokee. And um, it had taxied out for departure. And come to find out, it was a 17-year-old female on her solo flight. Now, just to tell everybody what that means, she had done all kind of groundwork in the airplane. She had done work on uh, book work and learning how to talk on the radio and learning what NDBs and VORs and all that kind of stuff and learn how to line up a compass, you know, she, she, that's all that stuff. And, and so then, she, then 
After she had learned that, she would go out with an instructor in her, with her in the airplane, and they'd fly around, and they'd do stalls and stuff to, to help her understand that if your aircraft ever tears up, this is how you stay alive. This is what you do to stay alive. And so she'd put hours and hours and hours in there with an instructor, and today was her solo, her flight by herself. This was her um, moment. So she taxes out on the runway. The tower clears her for takeoff, and she takes off, and her voice is very strong. You know, it's, you can tell she's, she's confident in herself. She picks up off the airport, and she just takes off into the air. And as she's departing, there's another aircraft coming in to land behind her. And that aircraft lands. And once he gets on the ground, he says, Tower, that Cherokee that just departed in front of me, he said, as she was departing, I saw her right main gear fall off. Now, that's her wheel. Lots of aircraft are set up like a tricycle. They've got two wheels in the back and one in the front, and that's the way this one was. Well, her right mane fell off the airplane when she departed. And so the tower calls her and says, Cherokee 9-4 X-ray, an aircraft that landed behind you reported that your right mane had fallen off. And Sister Jamie, can I tell you that her voice went from one of complete confidence to one that looked like and sounded like she had just seen a ghost. That's how much her voice changed. You could tell the cry for help, though she didn't say that. You could tell the cry for help was in her voice. And so the, the controller, I thought the controller did a fabulous job. It was a, a female, and she said, Cherokee 94 X-ray, so we're going to take care of you. Don't, don't get excited. We're going we're gonna to work this out. Everything's going to be fine. She said, you just start making left turns, and you circle over the tower until we get some help up here. So tower started working, trying to get a hold of some instructors, specifically this young lady's instructor, to get him up to the tower to help talk this young lady through landing this aircraft because she's got to get back on the ground. I don't know the time frame. I can't tell you. I just sat there and watched the radar as it showed her going around and around and around. And they'd call her now and then just to make sure Brother Wink that she was okay, make sure everything was, was all right. Uh, and I'm gonna, I just want to ensure that what I'm telling you now, this, this is unexpected, okay? What happened to her is very, very unexpected. So... She goes around and around, and finally they get her instructor up there, and her instructor calls her on the radio and talks to her for a minute. And when, when he, hear me, when he begins to talk to her, her demeanor changes again. She goes from that scared little 17-year-old girl not knowing what in the world she's going to do to someone who says, I'm talking to the guy who can talk me through this. I've got confidence in this man. He knows what to tell me to do. I'm going to circle this airplane and you can hear it in her voice. She didn't say this, but I know what she's thinking. I'm going to land this thing. 
with his help, I'm going to put this thing on the ground. Everything is going to be all right. I'm not going to die. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to turn loose. I'm going to land this airplane. He talked to her. They rolled all the emergency equipment out to the runway. They took their places. The instructor said, I don't remember her name. The instructor said, Julie, listen, I want you to fly this thing just like you've flown it hundreds of times before. Nothing different. Nothing changes except when you get down to the runway and you touch that wheel on the left side. Remember this. It's going to try to pull to the right because there's no wheel over there. So he said, you just hold the rudder and make sure it goes down the middle of that runway. And she says, okay, I got it. He said, now listen, all the emergency crews are out there. The lights are flashing. Don't look at them. Don't worry about them. You land the airplane. And all I could see, all I could see was it showed her on radar. It showed a little blip, 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 blip until it got close to the runway. Then the blip dropped off. And the next picture it shown was that little Cherokee. It had veered off the right side of the runway. But she had got out of it. She had landed that thing. And she was safe on the ground. Can I tell you why every bit of that happened? She had trust in a man that knew how to talk her through the worst situation she had ever been in in her life. And I'm talking to somebody here online tonight that you think you're in the worst situation you've ever been in in your life. Your money's out. You're sick as a dog. You don't know what to do. The groceries are getting thin. The dog's sick. The man's left. Can I tell you, forget about all that junk and just live life. Call on God. He's got a call for you. He knows who you are. He's watching over you. Let him talk you down. Let him talk you into the place that he's called you to be. He wants to make something out of you. He didn't bring you this far to leave you out there to crash. So a lot of times the call's unexpected. Man, I got five minutes and ain't got started. Uh... A lot of times the call's unexpected. Hello, hello. Yeah, uh, it, it, this is a very inconvenient time right now. I'll, I'll talk to you later. Sometimes the call comes at an inconvenient point in your life. Let's go back to Mary for a second. When the angel of the Lord came to her and told her what was going to happen, I, I, she, the Bible doesn't say this, but I'm thinking, she's 15 or 17 years old. Surely she thinks, hey, 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 wait, wait a minute here. I'm, I'm, I'm fixed to get married. I'm, I'm, I'm just starting to live life, and you're talking about having a baby? And, 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 and what do you mean? What, what are you talking about? I'm going to be overshadowed by the Holy Ghost. Yeah, I'm sure my daddy's going to understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Or better yet, I'm sure Joseph's going to understand that. 
Just like Buford Crawley would understand it today if one of his came and said, Dad, I'm pregnant with a, from the Holy Ghost, not from a man. I'm like, yeah, right. Did you just eat some laced brownies? I'm being serious. I mean, right? Who's, who's going to believe that? I mean, just, Sister Tina, can I, ask, can, can I ask you a question? Is it impossible to have a child without knowing a man? I mean, really? <laughs> Boy, you got to be careful who you pick. You know that? <laughs> I mean, really? Isn't it impossible Without the coming together of a male and a female for there to be a baby born. And here, Mary is supposed to tell everybody she knows that, yeah, I'm pregnant, but I ain't never known no man. She was the gossip of Bethlehem. Everybody talked about her. Oh, you know, you know, Mary. Do you hear what? Did you hear what she said? Do you hear what she said? They're going to have a baby, and she's never been with a man. <laughs> God, what a joke! But Mary loaded up, and she went to somebody else's house. Who was pregnant, by the way? And the scripture says, when Mary walked in and said her hellos, that the babe in the womb of her aunt, auntie, leaped in her womb. Just at the hello of Mary. Can I tell you something, folks? When God begins to call you, you got to be careful who you talk to about the call. Because there will be some people that will laugh you to stock and say, you're out of your mind if you think God can use you. There will be other people that will say, whoa, Rose, I'm so happy for you. Man, you got the call of God. I'm going with you. Where you go, I'm going. You're not going to leave me. It's part of coping with the call. Well, now I've got to go all the way down here to the end of this thing. I'm going to tell you this real quick. Stephen Smith wrote these words. He said, long ago, there was a Chinese man that began his career, and I, I know this is, this, is, this is bad, but listen, it, it, it's a good, good uh, ending to it. He began his career making bail stands, for the huge bronze bells that hung in Buddhist temples. This man became prized and celebrating for making the best, most elaborate, enduring bell stands in the entire region. No other person on earth could make bell stands like him. His reputation grew vast and his skills were high in demand. One day, a celebrated woodcrafter asked him, Please tell me your secret 
are the secret of your success. And this gentleman replies, Long before I start making and carving the bell stand, I go into the forest to do the work before the work. He said, I go into the woods or in the forest, and he said, I look at hundreds and hundreds of trees until I find the tree that when I look at it, I see a beautiful bell stand in that tree, and then that's the tree that I choose to have cut down. It's much more than just the carving and the making. And can I tell you tonight, folks, all of you and those of you that are watching and listening online, God has picked you and I out of a forest of people. He realized that I can put a call in that young man. I can put a call in that young lady. I can put a call in that fella and that fella. I can put a call in that young fella. And when I put that call in them, they may not see it right off the bat. But in a, in a few years to come, in a few days to come, in a few months to come, I'm going to cause that plan or that call to begin to work. And I've got something here that's really going to work and stand out and be something in 2020. You are special in God's eyes. Stand with me, would you? A group of professional people pose this question to a group of four to eight-year-old children. What does love mean? I meant to ask Bowen, and I've let that slip my mind. I'm sure he would have had a really, really um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's not the word I'm looking for. He would have really, really had a uh, very scriptural, I'm sure. Um, I mean, <laughs> so a group of four to eight year olds were asked the question, "What does love mean?" And I've really narrow this down. I just want to give you something that really stood out to me. One said this, uh, this little boy, Billy, he was four years old. He said, when somebody loves you, the way they say your name is different. You just know that your name is safe in their mouth. Do you hear me? Four years old? I told my wife, that speaks to me like I cannot tell you because it's so true. You can tell what somebody thinks about you and feels about you by the way they say your name. And you can tell that your name is safe in their mouth. Wow. Terry, age four. She said, love is what makes you smile when you're tired. Danny, age eight, he said, love is when my mommy makes my daddy a cup of coffee and she sips and takes a drink of it to make sure it's perfect before she gives it to him. You hear that, baby? 
Here's the final one. This one really got a hold of the old heartstrings of this old boy right here. The final one, the winner was a little four-year-old child whose next-door neighbor was an elderly gentleman who had recently lost his wife. Upon seeing the man cry, the little boy went over into the older gentleman's yard, climbed up in his lap, and he just sat there. When he got back home, his mama said, What did you say to the neighbor? And the little boy said, I didn't say anything. I just helped him cry. That, my friend, is love. And can I tell you this in, in closing? When you come to the place in your life and realize that the deal that you've been dealt is way out of whack, and you realize that there's nobody to turn to, and you just want to sit down on the doorstep and cry, you hear me? First of all, you can trust Jesus to call your name. And you know that he loves you by the way he speaks your name. And then you can also know that he's going to sit right there down beside you. And he's going to place his arms around you. He's going to say, I know it's rough. But in the end, you're going to see my call is worth it all. Bow your heads with me, would you? Lord, I feel in this place right now, you're calling people. I feel the call of God going forth from heart to heart, from individual to individual. There are people in this building and, and online tonight that are watching from, from all sorts of places and they're in all sorts of situations, God. Some out there, you know their name and you know the situation that they're in 